0: Hi everybody, welcome to M Night Movie Night. The show where everything's made up and M Night Shyamalan's career doesn't matter to to some people. I love M Night Shyamalan. Uh even though he directed a film that Jared watched this week that was just a disaster. Kevin, do
1: you know what my first M Night Shyamalan movie is?
0: Oh no, wait a minute. Please don't tell me. You did wait. How did you get this How did you go this long? Folks, the movie we're talking about is The Last Airbender. Why are, why, how did, uh, the sixth sense?
1: Kevin, when there is a bit, you must commit to it. I watched my first M. Night Shyamalan movie as an adult uh, this week. It was The Last Airbender.
0: Wow, this really is the show where M. Night Shyamalan's career doesn't matter. (laughs) Wow, holy cow.
1: Welcome everyone to AMNT, where I'm about to tell you about this horrible movie I half remember. Why did you watch this? curiosity got hands man and they clicked play (laughs) that was a bad movie everyone was white what the fuck is going on (laughs) how do you mess up the casting that quickly the metaphors for the nations are that's important that's the point you could say starting off hot last airbender one star uh whoops I'm going to go watch The Sixth Sense and correct that ASAP. Yeah,
0: I watch his thrillers. Sixth Sense, Unbreakable, Signs, The Village, The Visit, sure. Split, Glass. I think they're all pretty good. I think Old mm. is going for, really going for something. That looked interesting. I didn't love it in the theater, but it's going for something.
1: Yeah. Uh, that was not a great movie, and it was... It was the strangest thing. It tried to get, like, Avatar's specific sense of goofy child anime humor, but in live action, it just... It, it's not even that it didn't land. It just didn't make sense. Mm. The way he cuts to certain scenes, the way he tries to let a joke happen, it just... That... You gotta adapt a cartoon to live action. You can't just go one for one, you know?
0: I will say to his... Uh, to be fair to M. Night Shyamalan, rather... sure. That is one of two movies back-to-back he made in the studio system where he just Mm -hmm. got completely shit on by, in this case, Paramount, and in After Earth's case, Will Smith, and, you know, wanting to make Jaden a star and all the dynamics that go into things like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Last Airbender was like, hey, you're going to put my kid in this movie. And he's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) You're going to make my kid a principal, a lead. The, the the other bad one i have to say there is no excusing lady in the water was it really that bad i do not think it was that bad i think it's like generally three three and a half around well you know i me mean, i'm pretty generous um sure. but then the finale just totally tanks it in my opinion in a way that like i know he's known for his twist endings some that that one is pretty foul um, mm-hmm. well i'm excited to follow your m night journey it only goes up from here
1: i am right next to to the treasure in National Treasure at this point. I am sitting down there waiting for Ben Gates to find me. And I'm just going to keep walking up and I'll find treasures along the way. True treasures. I was just at the That's National. That's
0: i on. Hmm? I was just in the National Archive last week talking about the Sixth Sense. So.
1: Oh, well, there you go. Did it feature a, a, a scene of the J. Edgar Hoover, Hoover FBI building for two seconds before cutting to the National Archive? We're going to
0: steal this copy of the Sixth Sense. <laughs> you tapped into his
1: wild bi- wild at heart performance there with that voice that was wonderful
0: <laughs> my Nick Cage is pretty it's, I'm working on it, it's a new character but it's pretty close to my Joe Biden I have to be honest anyway, um, Jared, uh, what else have you been watching this week? oh, um had a bit of a tumultuous week but so I didn't really get to watch
1: a lot I did watch this 1947 movie called The Kiss of Death which It was a very generic noir. I liked it. I liked what was happening there. But I'm going to be totally honest with you. Watched it like five days ago. It's gone.
0: Yeah, you know.
1: Yeah. But the vibes were there. There were so many scenes where like the visuals were just strong. Certain things were like a character's uh, coat was all in black. The person next to him is like a vague tan color to it. It just looked good. It's what you want from a noir. The visuals. The plot that leads you through. I hate to say it but it was fine. Do you want to know? The other thing. Mm? Do
0: you want to know sure. something What's before that? we get off of Kiss of Death? Did oh, no. you know we talked about this before we went on air? Kiss yes, of Death did. was remade in the mid 90s with Nicolas Cage.
1: <laughs> I did not know How that. How crazy is that? This movie out.
0: You didn't know. I did not know.
1: There we go. I I wish I did cuz I would have I would have watched that as part of our Nick Cage week.
0: Well, there you go. Lesson learned for <clears throat> next year. I'm sure made we'll have my to mistakes. We'll have to, we'll have to <laughs> add Kiss of Death to the list.
1: Ah, uh, the classic 1994. The uh, five. Uh the other ones I watched, the other one I watched is a movie called Unknown Pleasures, no relation to Joy Division. Though there is a joke in there. They poke fun at the name. Um it's the third part of uh Jia uh well, China in Transition trilogy that he made in the early 90s um i talked about pickpocket also known as a uh, xiao wu um i almost talked about platform but i had to you know had to cut the platform talk to talk about more important movies <laughs> and i finished it off with unknown pleasures i went into this movie not quite knowing what i would get because it was his, it was his first digital film and the letterboxed description Three disaffected youths live in Datong in 2001, part of the new birth control generation. Fed on a steady diet of pop culture, both Western and Chinese, the characters of unknown pleasures represent a new breed in the People's Republic of China, one detached from reality through the screen of media and the internet. The screen of media and the globalization of the world impacting these young people and just completely throwing their future off is an element. The internet's not a thing. And like, it... The description I gave, that's like an older person's generalization of this generation. Like, it threw me for a loop. It was just like, oh, this is not as wild and weird as I thought it would be. It's very much in line with the previous two movies, where it's just kind of sad, and you hope for the best, right. and you can see yourself too well on these people. It's a wonderful movie. Like... I liked of the three movies, Platform is the strongest. It is also two and a half hours long. And yeah. Yeah. That's
0: that's an eighth of an Obi-Wan Kenobi these days.
1: Oh goodness gracious. <laughs> Ooh, <sorry. laughs> I'm, five Obi-Wan Kenobis can't equal an an eighth of unknown pleasures.
0: Well, yeah. But anyway.
1: But of all of them, Platform is my favorite. But if you really want to dig into if you really want a place to start with Jah Zanke's. Filmography, Unknown Pleasures is where it's at. It's the culmination of all of his thoughts. From pickpocket, platform, to now. It's it's the last of his last movies before he, you know, the gov- the Chinese government gave him funding. And he got, like, the budget he needed. Because these first three movies are very minimal. He's clearly looking under the couch for, like, for change. Something that he used to make this goddamn movie. It's wonderful. I don't want to talk about it more because it's... The experience is the point. Go look at my letterbox. I left a big-ass review on it. I was actually quite pleased with it. Huh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. I'm also going to be starting a new journey, which I will regret within five seconds. Oh, no. Yeah. Remember how Archie Comics released some Sonic comics for... 300 issues.
0: You're doing. No, 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 no. Yeah. no.
1: It's happening. No way. Yep. I've had a fascination with these goddamn rags since I was 12. Ever since I realized, wow, there's this weird melodrama happening around Sonic the Hedgehog in comic books, I've been fascinated with it. Haven't had the chance to get my hands on it because I'm not about to go rifting through, you know. Big old boxes looking for Sonic the Hedgehog number twenty six. No way this was now? collected anywhere either. Oh no, 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 no! Unfortunately, no. But there are ways, and I will hopefully not be reporting next week. I will hopefully have come to my senses. We'll talk a little bit more after the show about
0: uh, about this.
1: Kevin's gonna get me back on the right path. Kevin, what have you been watching, buddy? <laughs> Quite the opposite. Unfortunately, uh, yes! quite the opposite.
0: Yes. Oh, yeah. Look,
1: I'm going to subject you people to something horrifying.
0: We'll talk we'll, <laughs> t- we'll talk about it. Um, anime corner, I started assassination classroom. I got like an episode in. And mm-hmm. uh that's a lot of fun, but no other real news to report. Kind of a busy weekend. Sure. So I, I went to the Roxy, my favorite theater in town, and saw the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford, which You know, if I were to do a jokey Letterboxd review, it would be, uh, for the love of God, nobody show this to Sam Elliott. (laughs) Um, Because if you thought Power of the Dog was potent when Jane Campion did it, good lord, this is an insane, (laughs) sprawling two-hour and like over two and a half-hour western. You know, lately on the show, you've been using the phrase, it goes down like water. And it Mm -hmm. really did just flow completely through. I was hypnotized. I was transfixed by the coward Robert Ford. If you think this movie is boring, you've never been afraid to do something at a point at which it would be awkward for you to be afraid. And then the moment passes and then you do the thing. You've never had that experience because... Let me tell you, multiple times in this film, including times where there's no stakes at all, mm-hmm. uh, the filmmaker here has perfectly captured what it is like to have a panic attack about doing something because you are scared, right? Like you, in a, in a way that can only be explained in a boring IGN preview of a, of a superhero game, you really feel like you are Robert Ford and that you are scared. It's fucking awesome. It's so good. Um, that's really, you know, there's and, there's way more to spoil about the film than I thought. Uh, because they straight up tell you what happens in the title. Uh, but there's way more going on. Um, fucking, what's his name? Uh, Jeremy Renner has a wig in this movie that should be put in jail. <laughs> Jeremy Renner's wig is always hiding under a big, like, like uh remember uh, Clint Eastwood Marty McFly in Back to the Future 3 got that big stupid hat and he had to wear that yeah, big hat yeah. it's it's yeah <laughs> it's hiding a shameful piece for Jeremy Renner so this movie has always
1: been the unfortunate third wheel to two other movies that came out in 2007 that both happened to be <laughs> neo noir westerns by some very great directors Let's have the the big question. How does it stack against them?
0: I think that if you open your heart and your mind, you'll find that just like No Country for Old Men and There Will Be Blood are very different in many ways. Robert Ford is different in a whole other set of ways, but in my opinion, is just as good as those. And I mean, you know, very different film, but Michael Clayton that year as well just a crazy mm. year for for movies truly but i i think it stands up and i think it's underrated i mean i believe it it's it, when you hold it up against
1: the other two you mentioned like yeah no country and uh there will be blood those are a uh, pretty good controversial <laughs> opinion good movies um, <laughs> but if you
0: love power of the dog many of the themes of of masculinity and and looking for A father and and uh, very confused messages i'll say without Mm -hmm. giving too much away like no one there's no you know nothing nothing crazy or graphic happens in this film sexually right but there is a lot of like huh interesting like hmm like there's a lot of things that are open to interpretation a lot of long shots where you're just left with your mind i will also Mm -hmm. say that like uh, like watching this at home God bless you. God bless you because it is so hypnotic and really is so long that like the temptation of a second screen is scary. Like, (laughs) Mm. uh, I I will also say like, because the big picture podcast for the ringer, they were talking about like uh, the staff's favorite movies of the year so far. They talked about the Batman and how a three hour grim, slow experience at home is massively different than that same experience when you are in a social contract with everyone else in a crowded, dark room that you won't look at your phone or get distracted by your kid running around your living room or any other, you know. Like, you're just not distracted. It's different. Anyway, uh, if you could see it in the movie theater, that's my point, is that you should check it out. I got lucky, so. I could say, like, no one's streaming it right now. I am going to mm-hmm. keep tabs. I think I'm going to add it back to my watch list so Letterboxd can ping me when it's around again and I'll watch it at home. Yeah. But you can rent Hell it everywhere. Yeah. And I have to say, if there was a movie worth the $3, it's this one.
1: Dude, a dollar an hour? Come on. It's pretty That's good. That's perfect. <laughs> it's pretty good. But that was, your, that was your big thing this yeah,
0: week? Yeah, you know, uh, that that's kind of my big thing. You know, I'm going through my litterbox activity, like what would I want to talk about on the show. There's some stuff I want to talk about uh, on Austin on Monday, certainly. I will say we did the Southland Tales Dune Pod, which will be up on Sunday night, which I'm very excited about. And to prepare for that, uh, even though it never came up on the show, I watched Richard Kelly's third film, The Box. His final film. I know we love Richard Kelly, etc. Although I don't know, I think I, I'm I'm growing to appreciate Darko. Even though I'll say I say it on Doom Pod, I'm not sure if it made the cut, but I say it on Doom Pod. Uh, it's hard to come back.
1: You gotta look at it in a different way. I have not seen the box yet. That
0: is my failing. Oh, it's total. Uh, you know. Yeah. It, it the the box yeah. is okay. If you haven't seen the box, it's Cameron Diaz doing a bizarre southern accent that no one asked for. And James Marsden, who is somehow in this film, how I I don't, you know, and they play a couple who's uh, in severe financial trouble. Frank Langella, literally, he's missing a piece of his face in this, which looks actually looks good. It looks good. Oh, no kidding. He shows up uh, at their doorstep with a mysterious box and in the box, there's a big red button. And he's like, if you hit this button. Someone you do not know will die and you will receive a million dollars. This was originally a Twilight okay. Zone episode. You understand? Yeah. That's a t- um, that is a Twilight Zone plot, right it's there. It's a Twilight Zone episode until it becomes a Richard Kelly movie. That's wow. I'm already sold
1: on the movie. I love Richard Kelly, so here we when, go even harder. When you
0: see it, you'll you'll see it. We'll talk about it a bit more. We're trying to mm-hmm. save a lot of the twists and turns and surprises. Um, but man, that guy really. There's something on like an at the existential level that guy cannot help himself with, because there's stuff in Darko, a liquid karma, and Southland Tales, and all of the, all of the insanity that that allows. Like, it's all the same shit, and it's all over the his second half as well.
1: It's this insane fear of inevitability that just. He starts with something normal that you can build off of, and then he is afraid of the inevitable, and it leaks into everything. With Donnie Darko, it felt like it moved better, because... Not better, but it had a different feel. Donnie Darko is the fear of the future through the individual, and Southland Tales the fear of the future through the through a nation.
0: That's really good. You
1: know? They're, they're, they're siblings. Like, I understand the want to like compare them and talk about them, but they are... They are the same but different, and they cannot be seen other way, in my opinion. How do you think? Okay, actually, we'll talk about this later, how the box fits into those.
0: Uh, The Uh. answer may surprise you. Oh, no. It doesn't, but (laughs) it doesn't really. Oh, I'm so (laughs) excited. It's a very odd third film, I'll say that. It's him trying to do a commercial movie and then not being able to help himself. Cameron Diaz's accent is shockingly terrible. Oh, I'm so ready like, for why it. did you even make that choice? There was no reason for her to be Southern. Weird, weird guy. And also, like, how could you have directed somebody to do that to themselves?
1: Richard Kelly, come on the show and explain yourself, please. Richard,
0: we love you. Genuinely. We really want to talk to you. There is no filmmaker I would rather talk to than Richard Kelly. I have to be honest. Agreed agreed like we'll settle for spielberg i guess but like there's really oh. no one i would i would rather talk to than uh, richard kelly uh like richard we get richard it kelly richard.
1: has dreams he has dreams that are unfulfilled and i need to hear
0: about them i need to that is absolutely true uh but that's really it you know and speaking of unfulfilled dreams we have a couple pieces of fan mail <laughs> um as always you can send us stuff at amntpod at gmail.com and we will read it on the air. Luckily, not a lot of spam as far as I know. I know we were making a, a hilarious bid out of reading it on air, but really, it's just invoices and stuff.
1: That's good. I have a positive change
0: on the pod. I did just get an email, Pod. Um, a spam email that is literally six heavy paragraphs long. It's longer than old Boone's email. So I'm going to keep oh. it to off air, I think. Maybe I'll sell that as, as patron audio down the road. I'll read that whole letter if you want. That is a market of Perfect. one. That is a market of one. Speaking of market of one, our first letter comes from our dear friend Old Boone, who, due to a recent legal agreement that was litigated on air, uh, I will now read this email from a while back.
1: I did want to say I um, I actually have a personal note on my uh, little my little notepad here. Um just want to ask uh, to confirm with Kevin I uh, hey. what's up with old Boone?
0: Old Boone is under the impression that nobody cares about him. so he talks to his Ammonite movie night liaison, friend of the show and host of the the Revenant Only podcast Brandon, uh, who then pushes his insanity on us and dutifully we read it on air. That's what's going on with old Boone. Old Boone is under the All impression right. that nobody cares. I always cared since day one. Sometimes I feel like I hear that feedback just just so the person saying it uh, can can get some kind of sick twisted pleasure out of it. I I just feel I feel bad sometimes. He seems a little like, you know, Kevin, what if what if no one cares about old Boone? Ol Boone writes what if let's 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 think about this with the letter, okay, because we gotta we gotta move on here. We do. Hey Kevin Jair. Which, you know, Jer feels like an overstep immediately. I have um, to be honest.
1: I'm going to be honest. Uh, Old Boone, don't call me Jer. I don't appreciate it. It's a little bit
0: too far. He could have been. We're friends now. We're cool. He, he could have been calling you Jar. Ooh. Which is pretty good. You know what? Hmm.
1: No more Jer, though. Think of another name. Kevin, please continue.
0: Hey, guys, CEO and Excelsior producer of AMNT Inc. Old Boone here, which if you actually were those things, you'd know that it's Ammonite Inc. And that AMNT is the abbreviation of our show. But okay. he continues. Now, I just want to say I'm so thrilled you have taken all my notes and made all my requested changes from my last email. Now, I haven't watched any of the films you're covering today. And and keep in mind, he wrote this in the middle of April. So I can't imagine he's spent any time. It is now the middle of July. I cannot imagine he spent any time watching these, uh, but I need to wiggle out some eeks and irks I have stored up inside. So without delay, allow me to rap with you for a moment with a W. I thought we were done with this. He he throws to you to lay down the beat, but he you know rap is spelled R A P, no W there. So I'm gonna I'm gonna you're off the hook basically. Oh thank God. First off, the show will always be on a Wednesday for me. Well, old Boone, we haven't been on a Wednesday. I, in, in in, I I don't even remember the fact. It's been months. I don't even it's remember been months. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember releasing shows on Wednesdays. That's where we're at. Um, the show will always be on a Wednesday for me. Drop it whatever day you like. It's always going to have that Wednesday vibe, you know. Old Boone, what is a Wednesday vibe to you? What is a Wednesday? The way the resigned huff of like, well, I I guess we're halfway through. I guess it's Wednesday. Is that what he thinks of us? Uh,
1: That's kind of disappointing. I guess so. Goodness gracious. He continues,
0: if you thought that was just, if you thought that was a disgrace. Also, can we really trust this coin you use to determine who picks the movies first? How do we know this coin doesn't have a certain agenda in mind? If possible, I would like to interview the coin to determine its credibility to further aid the show. I only want what's best for you two. If you want to talk to Jared's JFK half dollar, by all means.
1: Old Boone, next time I see you, I'll have it with me. I promise.
0: Not lastly. He continues. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to make some more additions to the show format. Oh, great. Do you remember in theaters where there would be those intro scenes of us riding on a roller coaster made of film strips and there would be popcorn and Coke floating around us? Let's get that. Yeah. Which on on an audio show, I don't know how that would happen. What, about, what know, about having some call-in guests like Rob or Tiffany? Now, I am not opposed to having guests. I think having guests on this show is a when, not an if. I think we just need to put it together, which can happen. I just have to do it. Um, I, I, Rob and Tiffany, unfortunately, mm, unlikely.
1: Uh, we don't approve of them. Just going to say it outright. Sorry.
0: Uh, um, old Boone hasn't listened to the show since he sent this email in middle of April. Because he said, also, why does it always have to be about the movies? Why can't you two talk more about personal notes? Like the last time Jared played tennis. Jared?
1: Uh, The last time I played tennis uh, must have been uh, early high school. I was on the tennis team for you a were little on a tennis bit. Team. I played. Yeah. I played doubles with um the kid who went, went on to be valedictorian of our high school, believe it or not. Oh,
0: great. Yeah. Great.
1: There you go, old boom. It must have been
0: fun. It sounds like a real. Tr- Or Kevin's last car... or Fucking Jesus. Come on. I'm almost at the end. Or Kevin's last car wash experience. Um, I I don't think I have a car wash experience, to be honest. I don't think I've ever used a car wash. I've always washed my own car in my my driveway. I haven't driven a car officially, uh, legally in five years, and in general in two years. So,
1: Old Boone's a little bougie. We wash our cars with hoses and a little soap and a sponge. Not from the kitchen
0: yeah my driveway situation every summer is like the Paris Hilton Carls jr commercial uh made manifest so picture that in your mind as you read out this email lastly we need to make the show a bit more profitable I'm thinking we can construct a Jared's new sunglasses nft now this is how you know that this email was written in April <laughs> i
1: didn't have sunglasses back then obviously what if we
0: minted 30 nfts of your head and it's like different things i'll exploit the reed richards jared nft to do a television show oh perfect i love it can we make me
1: look can we make me look like a
0: grandma tarkin maybe anything's possible with an nft like you can just drag and drop it's shitty could we talk about how making the webcomic of control alt delete the vile web <laughs> comic and making an NFT are the exact same process. Where that fucking guy just dragged and dropped MS Paint mouths onto his guys.
1: Did you know that the lost comic was dropped on my birthday? Yes. In uh, good. I'm happy you know. I that.
0: remember the day the lost comic dropped and checking something awful in the Murphy computer lab. Yeah, and it was it was loss, and it was the for better or for worse strip where there was a fire in the house, and the firefighter goes, "Some things just aren't worth dying for," and that also <laughs> became a meme. That's really good. It I didn't hilarious. know that part. Um, old Boone continues to continue. There's even more. Oh my more. goodness
1: gracious!
0: Lastly, here are some more titles to add to the new segment, Old Boone's Pick of the Month. Oh, I love you, Beth Cooper. Feels just out of wheelhouse. Feels safe at home with Austin Pod, though. Needless to say, uh, bringing down the house, which we'll never do on this show. Uh, Sky yeah. High, we could fuck with Sky High, I'm sure. Oh,
1: I kind of wanted to watch that for a while. Now. And roast beef and
0: roast beef on rye is his last selection, which shows that old Boone had three selections there, um, and needed a fourth. So there you go. I am hungry. He has some. <laughs> he has some last recommendations. Um fellas? <laughs> <you> kidding me. <laughs> this is gonna be this is so if you if you like what do people who only know like me from the internet listening think of this? I, have no I don't idea. know. We've spent, I'm afraid
1: we spend so much time on old Boone. I may have this to... is like
0: an old boon segment. Bye bye Booney. <laughs> this is this not is not even his best. The Flint Boons. <laughs> Booney and the Beast which is really good like and and uh lastly 51st boons
1: wasn't the boon the name of the the that awful disgusting sandwich at our local
0: yeah everybody loved the disgusting store. sandwich
1: eh it was good
0: you know what i think probably goes down there these days Drugs. Free speech rallies. Oh, probably. And drugs. So, old Boone, we read your letter. Hope you're happy. We also got a letter from Brandon, um, the Archduke of Ambonite Nation, as often said. Brandon Mm -hmm. writes, Kevin Jarrett, I just want to take a few minutes during this momentous Cage Fest 2022. That's right, Nicholas Cage. We're doing face-off, and we are doing National Treasure. Wow, what a time to be alive. Mm Mm-hmm. I want to take a few minutes during this momentous Cage Fest twenty two to talk about Kev loving movies. Oh no, here we go. <sighs> I watched National Treasure for the first time this week and had a blast. After it was over, I was typing up my letterbox review, a thought entered my mind, if I had watched this a year ago, would I even have liked it? Interesting. This got me thinking, and I hmm. began to scroll through my Letterboxd reviews from the last six months, and it is littered for, with high ratings for movies that I would have scoffed at or stuck my nose up in the past. I think there is a direct timeline correlation between this trend and my interactions on Letterboxd, Discords, and podcasts with Kev. I think your unbridled enthusiasm for well, anything movie-related has helped shift my perspective. Brandon, just before we got on air, I told Jared I would never cover MCU stuff again. So uh, I will say, ain't no river doesn't contain a bend. He continues, Jared, I don't know you, but hearing you on the pod and seeing some of your LB activity, I get the sense that you skew towards the more cynical side of life, similar to me. I think it's a real blessing that we have someone with Kev's outlook (laughs) in our lives. And thank you as I blush for that um the kev loves movies button started as a gag but has become more of a mantra for me as this year has gone on this year has had its struggles and difficulties a subtle change in my movie viewing mindset doesn't sound like something that would be earth-shattering but letting my guard down and finding more joy in the passion i hold most dear has had a profoundly positive effect thank you for that Uh, just an observation i had love you guys doing with the show the pics of summer have been so fun i wish i could find the motivation or time to write in more often but i'm always here enjoying the films and more importantly your discussion Thank Mm -hmm. you, Brandon. That was lovely. And uh, don't let me peer pressure you into liking things you hate. The joy of Web 2.0 is that you get to live your truth.
1: He hasn't peer pressured me into liking things. Don't worry.
0: Oh, it's true. It's true. I've tried. Um, But thank you very much. (laughs) I I, I will say, though, that this year I have markedly tried to at least enjoy more things or embrace more things or, or, you know... um, I don't go in as cynically as usual unless there's a reason to be cynical. Like, the production is cynical.
1: Yeah, but that makes sense. The only reason to go into something and expect to not like it is because you look in and go, oh yes, this was made because this is the right time to make it with these people, with these characters. I'm talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi. But, Brandon, I will say, same, same thing. I've always tried to skew towards as cynical and pessimistic as I like to be. I try to go in with as open a mind as possible. If I know I'm going to hate something, I'm not going to bother.
0: Yeah, I feel the same way.
1: Like I said at the start, curiosity got hands. That's why I watched The Last Airbender. I didn't go in to hate it. I went in because, Jesus, what is this? And I ended up not liking it because it's The Last Airbender. Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) But I will say over the past almost year of doing this podcast, talking to Kevo about this, it's the same thing. It's like, oh, I'm opening my mind to more things. Just like, I keep, um, shoot, here's one. I need to watch all that jazz. I know it's a musical, and I know it's amazing. And each time Kevin brings up a musical, I think, damn, I really need to watch all that jazz. Among other things, even if I see, oh, this is a musical. I normally don't go for musicals. It's not my thing. Fiddler is a special exception. Sure. But when I see musicals, it's just like, that's not my thing. But now, now it's like, oh, I wonder what this is. How will this affect me? Could this affect me? I want to see it. It's curiosity. Also, not going to lie, I sent uh, Kevin a tweet from our favorite Don Hertzfeldt that he might be uh, his next project as a musical. So
0: I have no choice but to like musicals from now on. (laughs) Needless to say, there will be a time very soon on this podcast where it is time to right wrongs. And we'll mm-hmm. see about all that jazz, is what I have to say about that.
1: Yes, sir. <laughs> we'll see about all that jazz.
0: Um, but thanks. You know, I, again, like, I just, I try to avoid things I know I'm not going to like, because life is precious and God and the Bible, as Mr. Show once said.
1: Mm-hmm. Another show I need to watch right now, oh, actually. Goodness it's the best. gracious.
0: It's still the best. Even though Jay Johnston was at the January 6th riot on the Capitol. Oh, goodness. Um, mm-hmm. He is still the funniest physical comedian I've ever seen for the story of Everest. Um, a difficult legacy to have. Uh, anyway, thank you so much for your letter, Brandon. And uh, yeah, I don't know, love movies. I have to write to him. I have to get those buttons. And, and we have yeah. to we have to fix that. Um, but if you would like to have your letter read on air, or if you want to send us a voicemail, maybe maybe around 90 seconds would be cool. Uh, you can send it to amntpod at gmail.com. And we will read it on the air. Verbatim, pretty much. Okay, old Boone? Verbatim. Verbatim.
1: Real fast, real fast. Before we go on to the movies, I did want to throw out AMC was doing a Breaking Bad marathon leading up to uh, Better Call Saul's finale, and I caught the end of season three. Great show. It reminded me why I like the show. It's very good. It's really funny to me that a bunch of uh, well, boomer boomer dads picked up on it when the entire thing is about how some old guy losing at life, sniveling his way through life, and then losing anyway, and then
0: he oh wait, that's what all old boomers do anyway. They call Alabama the Crimson Tide. Call me Deacon Blues. I'm Deacon Blues, Skyler. My
1: god. Uh- Sorry, I dipped, dipped into Christian Bale there. Goodness gracious. <laughs> Next
0: week on Ammonite Movie Night, speaking of Christian Bale, correct me if I'm wrong, Next, next Friday on the regular show, we are going to have our Coen Brothers week, Serious Men or Not-So-Serious mm-hmm. Men, uh, Barton Fink and the Hudsucker Proxy. Quite a one-two punch of very interesting films by the Coen Brothers, so that's cool. Uh, also coming up at some point in July, I'm not sure when yet, uh, Jared and I are going to talk about The Dark Knight for like 45 minutes.
1: It's a forty-five minute conversation that have we've been having since we were
0: sixteen. Uh, oh yeah, I mean, well you know, yeah, you yep. guys know by now what the Ammonite format is, which is that we just talk about whatever and whatever comes up is great. Um, again, like I said, I said it on Dune Pod and I said it last week on the show. We talked about Star Wars Episode One and said to Boba Fett, a character who does not appear in Episode One, more than we said Darth Maul. And that's the kind of show this is. We're like, we don't really want to talk about Darth Maul. We want to talk about this other thing. It's a conversation, really, more than like a point-by-point criticism. Mm-hmm. And uh, 41 minutes into the show, that's that's the show.
1: <laughs> and to be very fair, the coolest part about Darth Maul isn't him. It's the music that happens when he's around, to be very fair. That's
0: true. I think Darth Maul is much cooler later, uh, without getting into too many spoilers. Mm-hmm. That's all, but, That's all. like, next week and, and, you know, throughout July, but now it's time to celebrate Mr. Nick... Oh, I, I lost it completely. Uh, folks, Nicolas Cage is one of the great American actors of all time. Uh, we love him very much, and we wanted to pay tribute to him uh, every year, maybe every summer. So I'd be here is the first yeah, annual Cage it. Fest. Uh, I had picked... Jared wanted to talk about Face Off, and I was like, great, we'll do Nicolas Cage. And I picked... Mm-hmm a movie that I love very much with Nicolas Cage in it but the co-star of that movie is embattled and I was like I don't really want to talk about that so much so I decided okay we'll talk about national treasure
1: <laughs> the ultimate edutainment 7th grade movie
0: ever. oh yeah like I found so so if you don't know it's like Indiana Jones for babies basically like they, they he's yeah. like I'm going to steal the declaration of independence and then he does, and that's it. <laughs> or is it another clue? Or is it just another clue?
1: Could you imagine? They spent so many years going, where's the Charlotte? And they didn't think to go to an area in the ice where apparently you can see smoke from and just look around, just sort of squint.
0: Nobody's better than Ben Gates.
1: I really appreciate So, how do you describe the plot of National Treasure?
0: Um, they steal
1: the Declaration of Independence aside. That is what we everyone knows. We all know. There's
0: buried treasure. The Founding Fathers buried a treasure. And they put the mm-hmm. map, or at least part of the map or something, on the back of the Declaration of Independence. And mm-hmm. Nicolas Cage and his posse are hunting the treasure. You have uh, this Justin Bartha, by the way. Brandon didn't say this in his lovely email. But Justin Bartha made him turn the movie off, (laughs) which is insane. He had to come back. I I, I hope I didn't gaslight him into liking this movie. (laughs) I had a lot of fun with it in a, in a comforty kind of like you can see, you know, the, the, the the huge CRT TV got wheeled in. Oh shit. Like it's going to be one of those days. Oh fuck. Yeah. I can lie my head down and take a nap. Oh yeah, totally. Uh, I appreciated Mm -hmm. it like that. Um, Of course. But yeah, so so Justin Barth is like a sidekick, and they're hunting this, this national treasure, basically. Um, it's not a particularly like groundbreaking movie. I actually think the beat-by-beat beat is, is kind of boring, except for the stealing of the Declaration. But that happens r- way up front. That, that movie, that
1: part feels like... I wrote this in my notes. This movie feels like it should be three hours with how much ground they cover. I look down and realize, oh, they—they have—they're decoding the um, map on the back of the Declaration of Independence. I realize, oh, it's we're halfway through the movie. This feels like a third happen. I, we're, what about? There should be more. There should be more steps to get to this convoluted end.
0: Yeah, it's true. It's true. Well, along the way, you have like this kind of crazy ensemble, right? You have Chris mm-hmm. Plummer as Grandpa, which was quite odd i i was not prepped for chris blummer to show up you have uh, harvey keitel reprising his role from pulp fiction Mm-hmm. he's the wolf what is that about why is the wolf just in this children's film about jumping around the national archive
1: it's funded by disney he got them big bucks he got money cash
0: let me tell you John,
1: $5,000 cash.
0: What? I don't think Christopher Plummer got $5,000 to show. I think he got a bit more than that. Maybe that's <laughs> his <inkling>. day rate. <laughs> um, also, John Voight playing Nicolas Cage's dad, which yeah. was okay. This is the thing that actually stuck out more than like literally the plot of the film is John Voight's character. Oh, it's just another clue, huh? this is this is
1: the declaration of independence
0: (laughs) (laughs) i love i love how low security that was though like what have you got there what have you got there and he lifted up the declaration to read the front and then you see in his mind's eye like the clicking of it it's like all i'm thinking about is man he had pizza grease he he had
1: pizza there's pizza grease on the Declaration
0: of Independence. Can I just say also that if if the founding fathers were around today, Ben Franklin would have gotten pizza grease all over the Declaration of Independence? <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> that got me good. Holy crap. I mean, it's true. It's true. It just <laughs> caught me. That was really good. Holy shit. Very <laughs> like, I don't know. Continue. Um, you know, it's it's not perfect i think objectively it's in the threes but again like it rides high on the vibe it has this
1: it really commits to the bit where you have at the very start they found the charlotte which is a ship that was hinted at blah 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 and you have a bit bit of time where nick cage is figuring the riddle out there are times where i just sort of sat there and went you make applesauce it's Batman 66, but but through American history. The way they work out these asinine riddles and ideas in ways that, like, really don't make sense, except for the smartest people on the planet. I kind of enjoyed it. Like, they took the time to crossword puzzle their way through this plot.
0: Yeah, that stuff was also in vogue at the time. Because Da Vinci mm-hmm. Code came out around this same time. The book, mm-hmm. which I read as a kid when it came out. I don't know why it was allowed to be lent to me in the library. Murphy? No, no, Emma Clark. Oh, (laughs) goodness gracious.
1: Uh, I mean, they don't have any restrictions, but regardless, yeah, I never read the Da Vinci Code. So this was my first like, wow, reading into weird patterns in history that you kind of, you know, elevate to an unreasonable degree. I'm guessing the Da Vinci Code was like that. Similar yeah, I way. mean, Da Vinci
0: Code is basically national treasure, but about Christ. Jesus. Yeah, that's exactly right. That guy. That's exactly right. Christ Jesus.
1: Uh, the Riley character. He had a lot of, like, the, the kind of humor, self referential humor that would become vogue later on, but since it was isolated with only him and everyone else was very into the plot, it was actually kind of nice. Yeah, mm. that. Little bit. Someone mentioned it to me. One of our one of our friends mentions that like, that they actually got a laugh out of look stairs, and I was like, yeah, that's actually kind of funny. Really good. That makes a lot of everyone else is in the plot and they have their own little personalities going on. And this guy just just he just really wants to get out of this bullshit. And Sean Bean is there. He's playing. He is a liquid snake.
0: That's right. <laughs> <laughs> He's okay. I, I honestly, my my truth. I forgot Sean Bean was in it. He on
1: the road uh, to this recording. I forgot. Mm, he very much exists to uh, correct the plot trajectory in the way to get to the cool parts. It's
0: not wrong. It's not wrong. Jared, what do you? How do you think this stacks against? Do you watch a lot of these swashbuckling adventure movies? Your Indiana Jones. Um, uh, mm, definitely not Uncharted.
1: Oh, goodness gracious. I have not seen that one. Ah, uh, I, I like a swashbuckling film. I like them. I just have never had a directory to what are the ones worth watching? Obviously John Carter of Mars in 2012. Yep, coming soon here.
0: to Ammonite movie night. One day, one day we will do John Carter and we will redeem John Carter.
1: Hell yeah. But obviously, when you compare it to Indiana Jones, you can't do that. You just can't do that. It's Indiana Jones.
0: No. I mean... It exists... Go ahead.
1: I was going to say it just exists in a weird area of it does enough swashbuckling and everyone is quickly repeating pieces of American history so fast that we're all familiar with, but maybe we don't have enough information on that it's engaging. You hear Ben Franklin and he talks about his glasses and you go, oh... Benjamin Franklin has glasses. Interesting. And then you get into the weird stuff. It's,
0: it's set up very well. It also creates, you know, and, and like, like the, the way the information is given to you and the casting of Nicolas Cage give you a double plausible deniability of like, Oh, well this guy's just crazy anyway. And this Mm. isn't real. So who gives a shit? Cage is also playing a, to kind of zone in here. Cage is playing it. His charm is very strange. He's...
1: The way they try to set it up, the charm is that he's passionate to a point where he's adapting that kind of... the kind of people they were. There's the scene where they're changing and exp- the two characters are changing. Nick Cage and his love interest are expositing at each other. And she says, people don't talk like that. As Which is something another character said earlier in the movie. And it really... Surprisingly, gave off the sense that Nick Cage's character cares. That that honestly sold it. It's kind of like how Dale Cooper works for the FBI, but you still like Dale Cooper. Sure. Well, yeah. Nick Cage. Kay- Nick Cage loves American history, but he's not.
0: Yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. Can I just say also on this same vein that the scene where Nicolas Cage is just reciting the Declaration of Independence is is <laughs> is what shit lords on the internet call kino cinema. I don't think anything gets I'm right better. Here, I'm right here, Kevin. I'm right here, Kevin. God damn it. I don't think anything gets better than like listening to him recite the declaration. And then it goes to the declaration and starts to show the writing of it. like Or mm-hmm. not, sorry, not show the writing of it, but like, show the, the words printed on the parchment. Just absolutely mm. great.
1: Ooh, one thing does beat it. I can tell you this. Nick Cage reciting the alphabet.
0: Yeah, that's fair. That is the best.
1: Everyone has seen that part. They've never seen that movie. Alas.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Well, you know, that's a whole thing. that's, That's one of these things where, you know, I... Is Vampires Kiss My Morbius? You should watch it. I should watch it. I've watched it.
1: Uh, it's Nick Cage gets to do some of the most expressive acting he and most other actors will ever do. He's very reined in here. He's he. You can get this.
0: You get the sense in this movie that he's tempered. Oh yeah. He's he's got a really weird font on. It reads. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty much the action lead of four to five years after this. Not yeah. as quippy as the Marvel characters. The the, the you know Iron Man sure. flavor. Mm-hmm. Uh, not as. Death Defying as like an Ethan Hunt, but Mm -hmm. somewhere in the middle of that spectrum, but also Nicolas Cage. So it's kind of insane. It it, it worked like that combination
1: Mm -hmm. because I've mentioned before, he's really passionate. You get the sense that he's passionate, that he lives for and breathes in this world he's researching. And his Death Defying antics, they don't read it as him being a... An adventure lover it reads as him doing whatever it takes to get to his goal right. and i like that that's like, nice you
0: feel like it's a it was nicholas personal cage. thing in the scene in the national archive where he's talking with the historian character mm-hmm. it really does feel like it's just nicholas cage talking to you about how much he loves uh history and the declaration of independence and all this this abigail yeah. chase uh situation
1: mm-hmm great name by the way abigail chase just flows off the
0: tongue. a lot of really strong like strong you know family action names the gates family yeah. riley pool mm-hmm. you know sadusky hey, do you hey? think uh, sadusky right uh harvey Keitel's character Hey, like that
1: do you think um the writer for this liked spider-man he named one character ben and the other riley what do you think about that
0: I don't know what even to say about this, because, like, first of all, the audience who would get that joke, they turned it off when they realized I wasn't going to talk MCU ever again. They gave up. Look,
1: man, when I saw this, we were uh, taking, we were both, the two of us were reading those blocks of Stan Lee Spider Man books, oh, I love from, that from the library.
0: Oh, I I still love that. That was that's way better, by the way. Those like phone books, way better mm-hmm. than like the digital file on Marvel Unlimited, and even oh, better course. than like of my course. my big hardcover uh, are Nice, mm, but it doesn't have the lived in. You know, it's not lived in. If
1: if it's not something you can theoretically tossed to your friend to encourage them to read it what's the point but that is beside the case national treasure i watched when i was a kid i'm i love history so i just naturally just gravitated towards this it's fun
0: it's cute yeah
1: it's nostalgic in a way
0: it's not you know it, it's look if i were born in 1996 or or two, 1990 if i were born if i were my brother's age this would be my sure. jumanji Mhm. You
1: know what I mean? Yes. Yes, that's a very good one. Mm, that's good.
0: Or like, I don't know. I mean, I also what didn't vibe with Pirates, which came out I think the year before this.
1: Uh yeah, that was 2003.
0: Um but like, you know, that that yeah. I'm sure would be similar. I do remember the the hype for both movies being crazy, and I avoided both for years, I don't know how, until this moment. It's no Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade.
1: Kevin, we opened the show up by me talking about the last avat the last airbender as my first Shyamalan, so I think you're excused. The Last Avatar. Mm-hmm. If only.
0: If only. Yeah, so I mean, we like it. I-, I give it four stars in Letterboxd. Yeah. I don't know about I don't know yeah. about you.
1: Um, yeah, this is a four star because I, I just appreciate it. I also just love history and it's some of that stuff's accurate and it's kind of fun to see a goofy conspiracy plot unfold. And Nick cage now. Oh, yeah,
0: absolutely. I think maybe mm-hmm. for me, maybe half to even a false, st- I don't know, are the vibe mm-hmm. putting yourself in the time and place of like, okay, we're going to watch a dumb movie for three days yeah. in tech because the guys hung over or whatever, uh, not making an <laughs> allegation against any, any technology teachers that I had. Uh, they were all actually really lovely and very on point grown adults. Um,
1: Yeah. We had the same one, so I can agree. But sometimes,
0: you know, (laughs) sometimes you you just want to put on a movie for three days because we have not, you know, we we did a unit too early or whatever. Hoodwinked was ours, actually. But anyway.
1: If you go into this movie as an adult, I found a lot of joy treating this as a modern day Batman 66, where they walk you through a labyrinth of thought that no human being possibly could. And at the very end, you go, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes
0: sense. Anything to get that in there, huh, Sonic? <laughs> that's not even the right one. <laughs> Street Fighter Three. <III. laughs> I don't fucking know what it is. How am I supposed to know? Street Fighter Three? I, I don't even. know. I, I didn't even know there was a Street Fighter Three. Kevin, you played Street Fighter. You talked my ear off about Street Fighter Four. Did they just skip two and go to four? I only played four.
1: Actually, that's a good Street point. Three is inconsequential. Four is where it's at, which a lot of people would agree with, actually.
0: And that's National Treasure. That's it. National Treasure is done. It's in the books. Nicolas Cage Fest continues. It rolls on with Jared's pick that spawned the annual tradition, John Woo's face-off.
1: Mm-hmm. Bring us in. This movie, this movie kicks so much ass. This is what I want out of a movie. There are multiple scenes. During this, where I just wrote, this is what I want from a movie. I won't use names, because I, cause if you haven't seen this, you need to watch it. One character falls through multiple sheet glass ceilings. And all I wrote was, this is why I'm watching movies. The opening, this isn't a spoiler, but it, John Travolta drives a very big car at an airplane. And he only veers away... Because he realizes one of his friends is in danger. Not because he is challenging a... He's playing chicken with a plane. It's because, oh, that person's in danger. And then Nick Cage... And then he and Nick Cage have a gunfight. Between Travolta in a helicopter. And Nick Cage hanging out the side of a plane.
0: The whole movie is like this, by the way. It pretty much Mm -hmm. starts... It doesn't literally start here. It may as well start here, action-wise. It just never lets up for the whole two hours. Phenomenal.
1: It is such a shame that people did not take to Mission Impossible 2, because John Woo could have reinvented American action. Well... If not for that little pitfall, apparently.
0: I mean, I don't know whose fault that is, honestly, at the end of the day. not.
1: I'm not even ascribing blame, it's just... It's a shame he wasn't given a third chance. Because damn... This movie, unreal. Nick Cage. John Woo's notes to Nick Cage for this were just... I think John Woo has only seen two Nick Cage movies when he made this. Um, Wild at Heart. And Kiss from a Vampire. Just be sexy and be insane. His first scene comes up, has him in full priest gear, doing a little head twirl. To Hallelujah, goes up to a beautiful blonde in the chorus, says something really creepy about how he appreciates God. Because she's singing, grabs her ass and just screams into the heavens, and that's Nick Cage's opening in this.
0: He's a lunatic, absolutely insane, and and you know, like even for Nick Cage, who we know to be insane anyway, a mm-hmm. lot of his a lot of his like out like big big acting is. You know, screaming the alphabet or going, I'm a vampire, I'm a vampire, in Central Park, (laughs) in Vampire's Kiss, or whatever. Mm -hmm. But man, is it really particularly so heightened? I have a conspiracy theory about this, actually. Mm. I was going to bring that up.
1: Um, Before we do, this is another conundrum of a plot to get through. Mostly because they, literally, they change bodies.
0: Well, his End. face gets taken off.
1: Oh yeah, that's what I meant. I think. But Kevin, would you mind going through the plot?
0: Oh my god. Okay. So there's there's these two guys, right? John Travolta's character, Sean Archer, Nicholas Cage's character Caster Troy. Hell yeah. Okay. Amazing. Um, Caster Troy tries to kill Sean Archer. That's where, where, what this priest situation is. Okay. And mm-hmm. the bullet kills his son. Mm-hmm. But it goes through Archer's chest. So he is alive, but his son has been killed. Then the, we get into this insanity where... Where Archer's team, they ambush Caster, who's with his younger brother in an airstrip. Mm -hmm. Then he is knocked into a coma and brought into some kind of underground lab, and his face is switched with... Their their faces are switched.
1: Face off, you could say. That's
0: right. So... (laughs) So... (laughs) So now... Archer and Troy become each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so basically, Troy, quote, is sent to prison to meet up with the brother. Archer uses this to get information and such. And then, uh, Troy as Archer, uh, goes home. Yeah. <laughs> Insane. And it becomes this, if that sounds complicated... Check out the other hour and a half of this movie.
1: The way uh, John Travolta's character with Nick Cage's face escapes is the most insane shit I've ever seen. Insanity. It channels John Woo's love for heroic bloodshed and brotherly love in every way conceivable. It even tries to channel it between Travolta and cage not brotherly love but that brotherhood of like intense hatred for each other oh sure that makes them brothers
0: it feels like a riff on heat almost not directly yeah. but there's some you know we'll talk about heat in a few weeks on this show but there's certainly mm-hmm. a little bit of the vibe of like the cat and the mouse respecting each other in at least in some ways mm-hmm. it's of course although although, just, although he mm-hmm. is an unhinged monster who killed his son you know what i mean god
1: yeah they had so many odd scenes where they cut where like you get the obvious scenes of um caster troy with archer's face seducing his wife trying to befriend or creep on the daughter and like he gets involved he it goes in a weird direction where he just becomes part of their life and it's it's not like he's redeemed but he's just going with it in a way that's kind of unexpected I expected a little more, like, conflict from that, because there's a scene where, uh, Caster... Oh. Sorry, I thought you were No, was you're
0: saying. good. No, sorry, that was a yawn. There's... I'm fine. There's a scene
1: where Caster... Good. Oh, no, I'm just saying, I just didn't want to... There's a scene where Caster, Troy, in Archer's body, goes with Archer's wife to their... to the grave of the child that Caster killed, and he's, like, trying to comfort the... The woman whose child he killed while looking like the the father. And it's really weird. You expected some kind of weird humor or like him to be dismissive. But Travolta plays it straight and just like a conflicted criminal trying to reconcile with being in this new life. It's very small, very short little span of time, but it's just peculiar. I didn't expect it, but I appreciated it and that was that, that's what stuck out to me this time I've, I've watched this a handful of times in the past but that was just so strange such a nice inclusion that just I don't know I can't put my finger on it just yet why I liked it so much mm-hmm. just interesting, interesting. Yeah. Kevin remember the scene of, remember that scene where Nicolas Cage is walking in a tuxedo and doves start flying mm-hmm.
0: he loves those doves you know
1: oh it's so cool I'm halfway convinced the uh final face-off at the church is um uh <laughs> what Cowboy Bebop stole from for one of its climactic scenes. I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> not, I, that's, that's
0: fascinating. I mean even so.
1: It's a, like it's a joke because that's a very cool climactic scene and it's like it's just a very good action bit that Bebop wasn't taking specifically from Face-Off just, you know, doing stuff like that, but they occurred within 2 years of each other. So it's just huh. Chinichu Watanabe, I too like John Woo. Cool. (laughs) So, I want to hear your uh, conspiracy theory about these two actors, Travolta and Nick Cage. Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, even if this doesn't hold, which I'm sure it doesn't, and it's just a coincidence, the vibe I get off these two guys is... Nicolas Cage is on another level. He's on another planet, right? And John Travolta is, of course, extremely talented. But we all have range and strengths and weaknesses or whatever. But John Travolta's role in this movie is to play Nicolas Cage and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So my big theory is that the reason that Nicolas Cage is this crazy in this movie is so John Travolta can become a cartoon and have it be Mm -hmm. fine. Period. I like what an amazing way to just give another actor total leeway to just go off. Mm. I don't know if it's them. I don't know if it's John Woo. Could be possible. I don't I don't really know where this came from. But as a viewer, you can see oh, he's giving Travolta leeway here to just flip his lid and go crazy in the second half or whatever.
1: All the above. I think it's all the above, honestly. It's awesome just phenomenal nick cage has those sad sad doughy eyes that always look like he's ready to cry but he can also do that scene where he looked in the mirror and then turns around and then he gets socked in the face (laughs) he has that insane range where they definitely talked it over for wild by heart uh, Laura Dern and Nick Cage went to Las Vegas so they can actually get into character and like figure out their roles. Do you think John Travolta and Nick Cage went to Las Vegas together? No. Oh. They go to LA?
0: No. I think the closest thing that, like, I don't know, maybe Nicolas Cage watched Michael, which was one of Travolta's new films at the time.
1: <laughs> he just circumvented Pulp Fiction and went straight to Michael.
0: Michael. Yikes, yikes, Michael What are we doing Michael on the show?
1: Um, coming up next week Oh my god, no
0: <laughs> Uh, Kevin, what's your familiarity with John Woo? I have seen Face Off I watched Hard Boiled over the weekend Because 70mm is doing it and it's on YouTube Sick I'm pretty sure that that's it
1: all right cool i'm a, I'm on the same page he's one of those guys where i want to get a more concrete understanding of the genre before i dig in just to appreciate it oh yeah i get extent.
0: it i mean yeah i think i think there are some movies like well the 70 millimeter guys are doing a commentary for hard target so i will have Ooh. watched that soon Hell broken yeah. arrow is beloved by a lot of people got christian slater i gotta watch that
1: uh, better tom- uh, a better tomorrow has been on my list for a zillion years, but I just keep pushing it off. It's another Wu film. That's Wonderful. one of those.
0: Watch, they'll do mm-hmm. a series at Film form and it'll come and go for two weeks, and we won't even know about it because half the <laughs> shit goes on at two thirty in the afternoon on a Wednesday.
1: I too am upset that I did not get to watch Shin Ultraman at two p.m. on Monday I'm or some crap like that. I'm fuming about that,
0: Jared. I am what a furious. Pisser. They they had Hold that up. one screening with yeah, the sorry. Q and A with whoever, mm-hmm. and then oh well we're doing one more showing at three on a Monday and you took the day off today for no reason it turns out and you could have gone to that and you can't that sucks I'm gonna hurt that hurts
1: yeah mm. this movie touches on something I found very interesting that should go more explored very specifically a five minute sequence where. Caster Troy, Sean Archer switched faces and they're living each other's lives. And Caster Troy is in hell jail and Archer is living his best life. <laughs> like the best version. And it's just like, that's an actual nightmare of, I can't prove I'm me. And this guy's running around with my face. Right. That's like an, like, that's a, I don't know, that's like a very specific fear I've thought about. And let's not because we don't have face replacing technology yep. but damn that's kind of super identity crisis kind of crap it reminded me of um deep cover in a way interesting like there was a certain point i think with um with uh with um excuse me there's a certain point where nick
0: lawrence Fishburn. too many names Lawrence Fishburn.
1: I know, I know, and that's not what I'm going... There's a certain point where Sean Archer with Nick Cage's face, he has to get into the role and sell it. And he's not doing a great job, but he's doing his best. Same with what I mentioned before, where um, Caster Troy with Sean Archer's face, trying to comfort the wife of his enemy who killed the child and all that. I wanted him to get a little more into that. I really like that aspect of living another person's life and trying to replicate it to some degree. And I'm happy they touched on it. That's just a really weird thing to get into. Being a turbo FBI agent, and then suddenly you're in jail, and now you have to be the you have to act like the worst person on the planet. They like graze the surface of it. And I, I'm a big deep cover fan. I just ordered the Criterion version the other day. It's good. Yeah. But yeah, just want to note that little connection I thought of.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I have to watch deep cover again to kind of make that connection. Goddamn right I really enjoy that movie. Larry's great.
1: Yo, it's got Larry. It's got Jeff. What else do you need? It does have Jeff. It has Jeff, dude. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jared. Oh, also. Oh, the action's amazing. It's John Woo. Come on. Mind-blowing.
0: Mind-blowing. The...
1: The first one of the first scenes has um, both Nick Cage and John Travolta doing the throw themselves to your to the side, firing with two
0: pistols. So you know, best shit. Slow mo. It's the best. What what do you think is accomplished? They do this a lot in in Hard Boiled as well, and obviously it's a choice, etc. etc. If you throw your body like that. Do you Mm -hmm. really think it doesn't make you just a giant, very easy moving target that will land in a place for even a second too long? Kevin, I've watched too much anime. It's too
1: goddamn cool. It's just so cool. Fair
0: enough. Fair enough.
1: Everyone, if you like John Woo and you want to experience the feeling of throwing your body and it go slow motion, play Sleeping Dogs.
0: Yeah, Sleeping Dogs is awesome. I love John Woo's Stranglehold, though. Do you remember John Woo's Stranglehold? Vaguely, yes. Yeah, the sequel to Hard Boiled. Apparently, Chion Fat returns. What What happened to it? Um, I'm pretty sure the publisher went out of business, and they lost a license they barely had anyway. And you know, I think it's. I'm pretty sure it's it's backwards compatible, but you have to have the disc.
1: Oh, uh, bearing that one right alongside Fear and Respect. Oh, God. Could have been beautiful. Could have been hey, beautiful. Hey,
0: Stranglehold came out. It's pretty good. Fear and Respect we'll never see. Yeah. Shame. Shame. All right, Jared, do you have anything else? Any closing thoughts on Face Off, National Treasure? I mean, we love Nicolas Cage.
1: Oh. um, Great performance from Nick Cage overall in every... In both these movies, you get to see the depth... You get to see the wide range that he can accomplish with these two. Oh,
0: yeah. I'm happy that I went National Treasure because you have, like, kind of a normal... It's weird because it's conventional performance. And then Mm -hmm. you have just a complete unhinged... uh, I'm gonna take his face off. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna take his face. (laughs) You're gonna take... His face. Give me your dad's email address.
1: (laughs) Well, now you're just Joe Biden. (laughs) Oh, my
0: God. Where am I, Jack? you got to understand about America. Face-off. National Treasure. Great movies. Uh, uh, Greta Garbo hasn't made a movie in like 70 years. What happened?
1: They should should do a remake of National Treasure with with Joe Biden. Nothing will change.
0: Three minutes long. (laughs) Like, like Sean Bean just pushes him over and that's the whole movie. President Biden,
1: I am taking this national treasure.
0: What you got to understand is that the framers of the compilation, please take us home, please, for the love of God.
1: Face off. Great movie. Everyone should watch it. Quintessential 90s action movie.
0: Oh, yeah, it's the best. And I think, you know, for what it's worth, like, National Treasure is pretty good. Like, if you've seen Indiana oh, yeah. Jones and The Mummy and maybe some of those shitty other ones they've come out with in the last few years. Um, Young Indiana Jones. Young Indiana Jones is good. Oh, shit, is yeah, it? Yeah, it's a, you didn't even know. Gotcha. Oh, crap, we're cutting all nope. that. Gotcha. Uh, fuck! Uh, Uncharted Keep is going. the one I was thinking of. You went Young Indiana Jones, I went Uncharted. Oh, Um, but yeah, I mean, it's fun in its own way. I think John Woo's face off is just legitimately an amazing movie. If you're down with it, you gotta be down with it. If
1: you, if you roll with face off, you're going to love it. If you're not in the mood, just pause, come back another day.
0: Yeah. And there's no crime there. This is not Obi-Wan or something where you're required by law to love it.
1: Okay, well, let's not go that far. I've written into legislation through my friend uh, Nicholas Cage slash Joe Biden. We gotta Biden. steal
0: the convolution. We gotta put, we gotta put head on in the Constitution. No, no, Joe, it, gotta
1: love face off. You have to love face off. That's what I want to amend. Oh my God, twenty eight. Imagine if his Brilliant.
0: like understanding of the world stopped at two thousand eight, and all he could think about is head on because of those fucking ads on on Wheel of Fortune. Remember? Kevin, you just said, the, yeah, that's what happened. Anyway, anyway, really strong week this week. I thought, you know, in, in typical m Night yes. movie night fashion next week, we are doing the Coen brothers. Finally, the Hudsucker proxy and Barton Fink, super exciting, serious men. Mm-hmm. Serious, serious men.
1: Real fast. I love Barton Fink. I have never seen the Hudsucker proxy. Have you? I've seen
0: both. I I love Excellent. Barton Fink. Hudsucker Proxy. Fascinating film.
1: <laughs> Barton. I have never seen. All right. I'm going to let you guide me through Hudsucker then. Cause... Work it out.
0: Hell Work yeah. it out. I'll, I'll have time to warm up my John Goodman, which just sounds like my Joe Biden with a with, like just chunks in it. So <laughs> great. Great. All right. Uh, Jared, do you have anything else in general you want to tell the nice people? Anything else for
1: the nice people? Uh, after you finish these two movies, watch Kiss from a Vampire. It's something. Vampire's Kiss, even. Oh, is that what it's called? That is what it's Goodness, called. Goodness gracious me. That is what it's called. Well, Google Kiss from a Vampire.
0: I'm sure you'll find something. Kiss from a Vampire. Wow, Vampire's Kiss immediately comes up. It's on Tubi. Well, I was right in a way. You'd get there eventually, guys. You'll get there eventually. Oh my god. All right. You want to go? Let's end the show. <laughs> uh, folks, again, next week, Cohen <laughs> Brothers. But for now, for Jared, this is Jared. Jared, say goodnight, Jared.
1: Yo, Vampire's Kiss was released a day before my birthday.
0: Really? June 2nd. That is insane. That's kismet. We'll put it on the calendar Good night, for next everyone. year. Good night, everybody. We'll see you next week.